0: And welcome to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Go-A-U-Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher guy 5 Hello. Blake, Iowa Gopher. Elated to be here as always. And U Street. Hey y'all. So it is now, oh goodness, 10 days? 9 days? I don't know. I get. To, I suppose it gets, depends on how you want to count it based on when the game time is at... Uh, for, for our game against Michigan. But the Gophers were almost a game week, uh, the first game week, so that's exciting. We thought this week we'd uh, kind of break down their schedule, get some opinions around uh, the team here on how they might fare in some of those games. Uh, and then, you know, this assumes they play all of them, which we'll get to, um, and just kind of go from there. So, you know, I, I think I'm just going to – Quickly turn it to Blake, who may have some strong opinions about Friday Night Games, possibly.
1: Well, for those of you who have been living under the rock this week, it was announced on Monday that the Big Ten would be having five Friday Night Games this season, and three of them would involve the Gophers. And as Chris alluded to, uh, not so subtly, I do have some strong feelings about this. Um, I mean, first of all, I want to say that I understand that Friday night games in the year of our Lord 2020 are less of a logistical problem than they would be in a normal year. You know, no fans would be in attendance aside from family members of players. So you don't have to worry about travel plans or fans getting off work and trying to get to the game for a 6 p.m. kickoff. And I also understand the argument that uh, Friday night games offer a unique national spotlight as opposed to getting lost in the shuffle of the Saturday schedule. But having acknowledged these two points, I still have to say I hate Friday night games and I think they suck for a variety of reasons. Um, For starters, college football is played on Saturdays. It's science. If the MAC wants to play every night of the week, that's fine. That's one thing. But for a tradition-rich conference like the Big Ten, I expect them to have a bit more reverence for the hallowed tradition of college football Saturdays. On top of that, high school football players play on Friday nights. You know, just the lifeblood of every football program. And I understand that this year they won't be able to attend games for recruiting visits. That's different. Um, But what good is national TV exposure if it isn't going to expose you to the audience you're trying to reach? And Chris once this week has already made the absurd case based on pure speculation that high school football players don't watch football games. Now, I may not have. Whoa, I, whoa, hold on! High school football players. Oh, okay, all right. Hold all on. Right. Let me get through my diatribe here, okay? Sherman forget it. He's rolling. Now, I may not have been a coveted high school football player, but some of my closest friends in high school did go on to play football in college. And you know, what we did on Saturdays. We watched college football. We watched a lot of college football because football players love football. So, go figure. And that that brings me to our next point. I can understand one Friday night game on on the schedule. I mean, I could live with one Friday night game on the schedule, but three, like for one team in the same season, I mean, I I just would love to hear the reasoning behind that. I mean, if it's such a marquee slot in the schedule. Why not spread their wealth around the conference? I mean, why would why does one team need to have to play three out of eight games on a Friday night?
2: I'll, um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why it's happening. PJ Flex said it's okay because PJ in PJ Flex mind. Gophers are playing prime time on Friday night. Chances are they're the, if not the only game, they're the biggest game in town going on. So admittedly, you know, if Minnesota is as good as Minnesota wants to be, they'll stand out a little bit more on Saturday anyways. But those three Friday nights... The entire college football world will be watching Minnesota, and two of them being at home will be watching TCF Bank Stadium. And P.J. Fleck is A-OK with that attention, and that's why Minnesota said, yeah, sure, why not? We'll play on Friday night, because it doesn't inconvenience the fans, obviously. Um, and and the other reason is hopefully PJ's getting it out of the way and saying, yeah, we'll take as many Fridays as you want to give us this year. By the way, don't give us any more for a couple seasons and let some other people deal with it when they have to have fans in the stands.
1: Let the record reflect, Andy is not an official spokesperson for P.J. Fleck and is speaking purely and <laughs> speculation. I want that on the record. And if you allow me to continue, Andy, my next point was that I feel, also fear feel we're opening up Pandora's box here, because there's no guarantee that this season is going to be an outlier in terms of Friday night games. I mean, just look at Major League Baseball. Little everyone hates the expanded postseason this year, except for Astros fans, but... Commissioner Rob Branford is pushing hard to make it permanent. And I I mean, do you really think Kevin Warren, Big Ten Commissioner, is going to take his foot off the pedal if TV ratings for Friday night games are good this year? I don't think so. So, I mean, you can, y'all can shrug your shoulders and say no big deal, but I'm not, I'm not going to cede my ground on this. Friday night games are dumb, especially three of them in an eight game season. All right. End rant. End rant.
0: Friday night games are dumb. You're not getting an argument from me. But if you're telling me that like a recruit is picking. Minnesota, because they could watch them on t v more like that's not happening.
1: that's that I did not make that case. I never said it was de- like they're then decision. why
0: does it matter then why does it matter? If
1: it's about exposure, how else like is your if three or eight games of the season are on Friday nights, and the players that you're like eventually would want to recruit are not playing I mean who's that who are you being exposed to? But to me, I've just never understood the basic appeal of Friday night games other than just money. That's that's honestly from the Big Ten standpoint. That's all. That's all that I. See. I don't
0: either, but I'm not trying to sell you that they're good. I'm trying to point out that they're just not as bad as they could be because we're in a COVID year, and a couple of your arguments are based on things that you already admit aren't affected. If Recruits aren't choosing because of them being a, watching them on TV. Then it doesn't matter if the recruits can't see them. Just stick with it's dumb, because it is. And, it's and, dumb. And it's dumb. Friday nights are dumb.
2: And the recruits from Illinois can see them, because they're not playing high school football this fall, and Illinois is in-state recruiting for Minnesota right now. So, frankly, <laughs> you know, that's all that really matters, right?
1: <laughs> I've, I've spoken my piece on this. I stand my ground. I, mean, all, I want, all I want was the opportunity to speak my piece. That's it. I am satisfied. Why so serious?
0: Oh, wow. This I've yet to hear Street go on a rant as strident as this one. Uh, I think in the f- this is our fourth season of the podcast, and I, I don't even think any of streets have have reached this level of intensity.
1: That's I mean that's I aspire to him. I he's had some you know nuclear takes before, and so I figured the gauntlet was thrown down, so I need to step up my game. I don't know. Obviously, I don't expect him to weigh in on his feelings about my diatribe, but I hope I that's that's what I was aspiring to.
0: Streets, you want to grade grade him at all? His his stridency?
3: I think as a rant, it makes sense if they actually play any games on Friday. And given how the SEC is currently dealing with COVID, that strikes me as an open question.
0: All right, well, I I was going to bring it up later, but we'll just go to it now. Um, What the hell? (laughs) I've never seen karma for stupidity happen so quickly as... As Florida, is uh, um, God, is it Dan Mullen down in Florida? Is Dan
3: now? Mullen at the University of Florida. Uh, now, correct Dan me if I'm wrong, did... uh, gents. But as I understand this story, Dan Mullen says some variant of "We should have lots of fans in the stands for our next game." Correct? Uh, he
0: asked that the university, since the state of Florida stupidly said you can have as many fans as you want. He asked the state of Florida, to, or the chancellor of the University of Florida, to let him pack the stadium with fully at 99000
3: Following that, the University of Florida's football team reports, at least initially, five positive cases of COVID.
0: Yes? Ten, ten now, with 14 in quarantine. Or yes. the opposite, I'm not sure.
3: Um, but also, when I say the initial report, because that number has both gone up, and There have been multiple news outlets that are actually making the argument that that number is below, uh, substantially lower. It should be 19 plus an additional at least 10, which would be, depending on how many scholarships Florida actually has, plus walk-ons is at least 25%, maybe over a third of the team. Would that be fair?
0: Yeah, that seems roughly right.
3: So, uh, speaking of previous, uh, I wouldn't call them rants. I would call them... Uh, perfectly reasonable and calm discussions of facts that I've pointed out on this podcast when we were talking about when the Big Ten opened. The University of Florida, at least up until last week, was a top-five team, right?
0: Uh, yes, they
3: were. And that is no longer true because of a, of a loss, right?
1: Well, it just Correct. Texas A&M, yeah, beat him, but apparently it seems they gave him more than just an L.
3: Yeah, um, so... You have a top five team that is trying very hard to uh, get into the college football playoff. There's a lot of money on the line. There's a lot of personal money for Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen would like lots of fans in the sands. Uh, and Dan Mullen has reported that there are only five cases uh, when that turns out to very obviously be a lie. One of the things that I noted, looking by the Big Ten, but also you know in the SEC, is do we really honestly believe that there isn't an incentive here? For people, particularly people in positions of power, like for example Dan Mullen, to perhaps uh, be less than forthcoming about cases, and also for athletes involved, be more willing to hide symptoms they may have otherwise in order to avoid punishment so they can continue to play a sport, and how this may or may not uh, cause uh, huge problems for given teams. I feel like that was a point I made.
0: It does sound familiar and sound like the sort of thing you might say.
3: Yeah. So I mean the 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 Friday thing is dumb. I agree with Blake. I award his, his rant an A+. Uh, given that I agree with it. But the the basic point about what we're doing here is we are decide we have decided collectively as a society that the monetary value of playing these games is worth any short or long-term health impacts for players, for staffs, for families and friends of players or staffs, and for any other workers who have to be around. Like, we're just fine with that. And incidentally, at least for the players involved, none of them are officially getting paid to do this. Other sports aren't playing at all or at least weren't playing until everything kind of opened because we said whatever, who cares? That kind of thinking is like sure, why don't I play all eight ga- eight or nine games on Friday? Who cares, right? The the fact we're playing these games at all, I continue to say is stupid. Yes, obviously I will watch the Gophers games this year. I'm I'm an idiot too. But the nature of where we are right now is just so unbelievably ridiculous that we're in situations where teams have to say, nope, we can't play this game because, like, a third of our roster is injured, technically. In any other year, if we had a situation where that was true, we would be canceling more than just a game. We'd be canceling multiple games. And based on what the COVID protocol supposedly was, we're now running into a pretty uh, strong question, I think, at Florida, which is suppose that number is greater than 19. Uh, I understood that they had to be out for a while, like three or four weeks, right?
0: Uh, It was a positive test was 10 days. uh, Then they needed a negative test and close contacts was supposed to be 14 days.
3: So that's like an entire football team for three weeks.
0: Yeah, probably two games minimum.
3: Yeah. And that presumes that within that positive frame that no one tests positive again.
0: Yeah, that it doesn't spread, yeah.
3: And given things that we have learned, uh, perhaps uh, recent discussions, shall we say, of negative and positive tests for COVID for uh, various public figures in the United States, it turns out it is in fact easy to test positive positive. Several times in a row before, you know, testing negative several times in a row before testing positive. So, if the Gophers play their entire schedule this year, that will be a fantastic accomplishment. I am skeptical that it'll occur. The most Gopher thing that I can think of from a scheduling perspective, given Blake's uh, very articulate rant, is that the only games the Gophers play this year are the Friday night ones.
1: I would go so far as to say, I would go go so far as to say it'd be a minor miracle if if. They are get eight games into the season and haven't had a postponement. Minor miracle.
0: You, you, you just described Blake's personal hell.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that strikes me as the most, like, gophery way possible to deal with this schedule nonsense. The only games they'll be able to play are the Friday night
1: ones. It'd be on-brand. And that
3: in, Blake on- somehow won't be able to watch one of them for some reason.
1: It would be on-brand for 2020 for that to happen, so I, I'm not going to rule it out as a possibility.
0: All right, well, let's assume some games happen. Let's talk about some games. I'm just going to go uh, – we'll, we'll do some quick thoughts. Do word association. Um, and Andy's Andy hasn't felt ranty, so we're going to let him start.
2: <laughs> Michigan Andy, what are your basic thoughts? Uh, you know, I think it, it'll be a good test right off the bat. I mean – it'll be interesting to see if Minnesota has gotten their early season jitters under PJ Fleck figured out. Um, the last few years, the non-conference season, while they've come away with, with all of the wins, uh, it most definitely has not been pretty. And frankly, you can definitely argue at least two of the games last year, they should have lost if not for miraculous plays and, or a lot of dumb luck. Um, so in that case, I mean, Michigan being a really quality opponent. Granted, they are are bringing a lot of uh, new players as well, uh, just like we are on the defensive side. Uh, I think their offense is going to be the one that's going to be a little bit a uh, little bit newer. I, I, Blake can speak to that in a minute, but um, it, it'll be a good test, and I think it'll be a, a good a good feeling of where this team is if they can come out right off the bat and and handle uh, what should be a decent Michigan team. I think we'll all feel uh, pretty good going forward. If they come out flat and uh, Michigan, you know, heaven forbid, wins by two touchdowns, then I think, um, you know, we'll be a little bit more disconcerting going the rest of the way. But, um, you know, I think you, you can't trust, obviously, the rest of the season based on one game but at least it will uh, it will shape a lot of the fans attitudes going forward one way or the other
0: i mean i'm i'm just happy for a little bit of football i'm gonna say i think they win that's about as much as i'll put into it i have no way of predicting anything else i also think michigan's new quarterback might suck i'd be happy to watch that blake street Any Michigan thoughts you wish to share?
1: Um, I mean, season openers are just tricky in general. Um, If you look at the last three under Fleck, um, that first year Buffalo, they won like 17-7. year after that, New Mexico State, I think, was probably the biggest uh, margin victory they've had a season opener under Fleck. And then last year, you know, they needed a fourth-quarter comeback to beat South Dakota State. So, as Andy pointed out, they've had early season struggles. I mean, I think this will be the most experienced team to open a season. It's like... at most talented for sure of the fleck era um i just think that season openers have a way of being a great equalizer and i know a lot of people are optimistic because michigan has a lot of turnover you know new quarterback replacing four starters in the offensive line um three of their top four receivers from a season ago are gone including nico collins who opted out of the season um on defense they're replacing i think five guys um their whole defensive front is coming back, but they've got losses. All think all three starting linebackers are gone, and they're replacing a couple guys in the secondary. So, but I mean, again, it's Michigan, and you know Minnesota's replacing guys on defense too. Um, offense should be pretty good, but um, it's just a big unknown. Season openers are, and I think it's in terms of marquee matchups, it's awesome. You know, primetime Saturday night on ABC, potentially College Game Day. Um, it definitely sucks that this has to happen in. COVID times where we can't have anybody in the stands, you know, who knows what kind of impact that'll have. um, What kind of the feel will be of that game for those players be playing in front of what I think they said, 800 fans um, this week. So it's just, I'm curious to see how it unfolds. You know, I'd like to think that they'll win, but there's just so many variables at play. I don't, I don't know if I can confidently say.
0: I'm actually going to take us forward to week two. I'm going to go to to street here. Street with no longer having to worry about uh, Antoine Winfield Jr.'s health with uh, Maryland. Um, What are your general thoughts about that as a second game?
3: Like all games that are being played this year, I think it's stupid that it's happening. (laughs) Oh, God. And I think that Minnesota – I mean, I say every year that Minnesota – I predict that Minnesota is going to win every game they play. I think that Maryland this year has – Plenty of unknowns that are likely to be much like they've been the last couple of years to have a lot of speed at skill positions. The quarterback will likely be an open question. Minnesota, if it is actually going to take the next step under PJ Fleck, should beat teams like Maryland in a season for which none of these problems were occurring. I also think that a underrated point for every game that is played this season for every team. Is that from a game prep planning perspective, this will be uh, the most prepped we're ever going to see college football teams. P.J. Fleck uh, has said publicly, his staff has said publicly, that because they didn't know if they were able to do anything else and because they're not able to recruit in the way they usually do because of dead period, they've done extensive game planning. They're on the second or third go-round of their schedule. I cannot possibly imagine that Minnesota is unique in that fact, which means that at least from an X is no preparation standpoint, I don't think this is going to be like early in the season where you don't really know opponents because they're all conference opponents, Maryland, since you're asked about week two conference opponent, you've got a lot of game film on them. You've played them before. So you had plans before you also know what they did against your stuff. I would suspect that this will really be a season for any team for which the more leadership you have from your experienced players, the better off you're going to be. So while it is the case that Minnesota is replacing a lot of players on defense, especially as we mentioned last week in the podcast, uh, a lot of the players who are replacements have been in the system for a while, and I think that's going to be really helpful for Minnesota and for any other team. I think more so than most years, that kind of upperclassman leadership, that kind of been in the program long, the consistency Of coaching staffs from year over year so not having to install new concepts is likely going to mean that some team that might have uh, less talent is going to win more games than we expect it might mean that a team like nebraska is going to lose every game and it hopefully will mean (laughs) that minnesota is in a position to be successful against any opponent they play this year
0: fair enough um i'm going to try to keep illinois simple Does anyone actually think we lose to Illinois unless something weird happens?
1: Um, I believe this might be a spoiler alert. We've done our season predictions, um, which at this point in the year, using all the caveats and variables, Street has so kindly pointed out about this season. I do have them predicted to lose to Illinois um, just because they've had a weird history in Champaign. I think they've lost two of their last three games there. And, I mean, I'm not going to say I buy into... Their surge at the end of last season, when they beat Wisconsin and then beat Purdue, records and Michigan State to become ball eligible, because don't forget they finished that season by getting just stomped by a Northwestern team that hadn't won a Big Ten game up to that point. Um, so I'm not buying into the Lovey Smith um, resurgence. I think, he, and if anything, he just bought himself for a couple more years last season when he was pretty much on a, walking the plank at that point. But um, I just think. Minnesota's got a lot of youth on defense and I think Illinois has a lot of good skilled players and I just think that early in the season this could be the game that gets weird and they kind of get caught with their pants down on the road uh, against Illinois but I definitely wouldn't like to see that happen but for some reason I just feel like they're going to lose a game that they shouldn't and a lot of times in recent history that game has been against Illinois so I could see it happening I don't want I
0: don't know who you are anymore
1: it's it's 2020 man. anything goes it's, everything's up in the air
0: uh, they're not losing to Illinois, Andy.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you they shouldn't lose to Illinois. Um, you know, go going back to you know, as we've seen, the one thing will be interesting to see is is how all the teams look on the road this year. Um. You know, with with no crowd noise and nothing really to to rattle teams, I think this is where having a a really top-flight quarterback can really benefit a team. Obviously, Minnesota Tanner Morgan has that, presumably. Um, You know, just to take it to the NFL, you've seen what Aaron Rodgers has been able to do on the road when he's had time and nobody trying to get him to his offensive line to fall start. He's had time to audible Is o- everybody can hear him, things like that. So I think, you know, going, going forward, some of these road games that might be, you know, a little bit, not that Illinois is really a tough road environment from, from a fan standpoint, but um, you know, Wisconsin and Nebraska would be the two as, as we're talking later on in the schedule. But I think, you know, you're not going to have as much of a distinct home field advantage uh, against, against a quality quarterback. So I think, that bodes well for uh, for the Gophers continuing along in the road in the season.
0: Iowa, um, is this the year that Iowa fans have to face the to them unbelievable idea of losing to a PJ Fleck coach team?
3: Yes,
1: God, I hope so. But, I mean, I I say yeah. I, I I hope so, but I say I honestly, I think that they might be at this point in the season, not knowing what's going to happen over these next couple weeks. I think uh, they might be the best position team to win the West, just because I think they they have a first-year quarterback, but they, honestly, that program's had a pretty good track record of bringing in first-year quarterbacks. They just don't ask a ton of that of that position, and this year especially, they've got a pretty good receiving core, um, pretty good running back in Tyler Goodson. They are replacing a couple. Starts in the offensive line, but they're basically an offensive line factory at this point. Um, their biggest question mark is on defense. You know, they lose AJ Paniza, thank God, um, and they've lost I think two potential starting linebackers. One was an opt out, and a couple guys in the secondary. So it's going to be if their defense can reload, and Minnesota's got questions on their defense. Um, I think they'll be a pretty good team. I mean, they're always just of late just a really solid team, but I and they've won I think six straight against the Gophers, and I would just really like it to end Um, and hopefully it's that's it ends this year
3: my prediction for the most likely game that minnesota will not play this year is also the minnesota iowa game because of the absolute uh, pardon my german clusterfuck of a response to covid that has occurred within iowa and similarly from a rivalry perspective the game against wisconsin i am equally pessimistic about Uh, and both of the reasons. For that, are the same. And it's a deeply, it's a deep, deep indictment of the political leadership at the state level. And of course, the uh, executive leadership in the United States for that as well, that we would be in that situation. Um, practically, I think that while Iowa is a really solid, fundamental team, I think that is always true, them replacing a new quarterback in this particular environment I think is substantially more challenging than it would be otherwise because they don't actually have that. Whoever the the quarterback is doesn't have the time that you would have during the preseason to get various things worked out. And the compressed nature of the schedule also means, especially for a team like Iowa, that any injuries— to those two you know, skilled position players uh, are going to probably be more devastating this year than they would be in other years. Uh, and while the angry Iowa-hating running back god hasn't necessarily raised their head in a little while, I think that those kinds of questions for teams as well will be really important in a compressed schedule. Football is a game for which every time you have a hit, it's the force of a car crash. We should expect injuries, and we should also expect uh, again. None of this is positive. I'm not happy about any of this. But we should also probably be more likely to expect uh, injuries this year that come for cutting injuries, uh, i.e., you know, cutting, moving on the field. So ankle injuries, ACLs, MCLs, that we might see otherwise. We might also expect to see issues that are associated with just the lack of physical preparation and training if you recall the kind of you know replacement year for the nfl uh, a couple of years back i think we might see similar problems uh, for, as well at the college level and that kind of thing will also be something for which teams that are particularly short at key positions one of them being in iowa's case i would say quarterback is going to be a challenge i think that actually uh is something for Minnesota, that while they're replacing a lot of starters, there's been a lot of depth that's been built up. And one of the open questions for the University of Minnesota this year, if we didn't have any COVID going around was, well, that depth and those recruits are supposedly been built up after the last couple of years, how good are they? And that I think is is a question that every team gets to ask every year, but it is more important and more pertinent in a compressed schedule like this one.
0: I think they beat Iowa. (laughs) That's I, I don't have many words for it. <laughs> I think they beat Iowa. Um, I actually think if they're going to pick up a weird loss, it's the next week against Purdue. Um, I think you keep a healthy Rondell Moore on the field. That's a big enough weapon on its own to make some weird, weird things happen. Um, I don't actually think Purdue's better than they are, but... I think if you're going to pick up a weird loss, produce, produce that weird loss to me. Um, but you know, so we'll, I'll throw that as my, my potential weird loss. Anybody joining me on the Purdue train? Uh,
1: I mean, no, I say there's. They're sneaky. I I think they will be sneaky good this year. They're, they're kind of the dark horse pick that Minnesota was last year because they return a lot of guys on both sides of the ball, and especially at, at on offense. You know, Rondell Moore and David, David Bell are perhaps the best one-two wide receiver combo in the Big Ten. Um, but again, ex- returning experience is great, but a lot of those guys need to improve their offensive line. I think they've got four or five starters back, but they looked terrible most of last season. Um, they're They've got a three-way quarterback battle, and I think two of the guys started games last year, but just threw interceptions like crazy. So I mean, they've got to cut down on turnovers, and their defense was atrocious. And they fired their defensive coordinator, obviously, which is disappointing to the rest of the Big Ten. But they replaced him with kind of a weirdo named Bob Diaco, um, and I'm not really sure what they're going to get from him. But there's there's a lot of question marks, but a lot of potential signs for how good they could be. But you know, I'm not sold that they're going to be that good. Um, but I think they could be one of those teams that's just dangerous, especially in a season that could get as weird as this one.
0: All right, Wisconsin. Streets on the record saying he doesn't think he gets played because of, you know, Wisconsin sucking about COVID. Um, Andy, thoughts on Wisconsin? I know this is a game you generally gear up for. Andy, start three, two, one, go. And how are your levels? Okay, so I'm going to tee you up here. Andy, Wisconsin's a game you normally get pretty geared up for. What are your thoughts, uh, assuming it gets played?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely going to be the highlight of the season, most likely. Um, unfortunately, no fans will be in the stands, of course, so that, that takes a little bit of a luster off of it, but it's back on Thanksgiving weekend, which is both positive and negative, depending upon how, how you feel that. Um... You know, that's, as I was speaking earlier about the, the, you know, having a good quarterback going into road environments, I think Camp Randall won't be nearly as intimidating this year as it has been many years in the past, and I think that only helps Tanner Morgan and the Gopher offense be able to try and put two and two together, um, and you'll have most likely a, a freshman quarterback just starting his fifth game uh, for the Badgers. So if, if the Gopher defense can pull some things off, I do think uh, they have a Good chance to take back the axe this year um, on paper, but you know we've we've got a long way to get to Thanksgiving weekend from now before uh, to see what could happen to either team before then.
0: All right, Blake Northwestern.
1: Um, Give me something. They'll have a quarterback. I know that much. They've got they had like four. I kid you not. I think they started four different quarterbacks last year. Then they added another one this year. Indiana, yeah, you know, Peyton Ramsey. Peyton Ramsey. I assume he'll be the starter, um, but clearly. They are COVID-ready if they have a quarterback knocked out. They've got four right behind um, Peyton Ramsey, but uh, they also fired Mick McCall, their offensive coordinator, who had spent the last 12 seasons with Pat Fitzgerald. So that's kind of interesting. Um, And, again, they didn't have a spring practice to implement their new offense, and it remains to be seen how much they've had a chance to get acclimated this fall. Uh, But they're just a team that last year they got just beat up by injuries. um, So it's really tough to know how good they're going to be this year. But – I, I would think if this game is played, Minnesota should win. I think they are the better team. Um, I think it's going to take Northwestern at least this year, maybe next year, to kind of build back up after hitting rock bottom last year. Um, but, yeah, there's a team that just you never know what to expect every year. They just fluctuate um, so much in either direction. Uh, but, yeah, at the end of the day, this is a game that Minnesota should win.
0: All right, the Gophers close out the known part of the regular season. Keep in mind and remind yourself that in week nine, uh, the top teams from each division will play in the conference championship, and then all the other teams will play a matchup based on their seeding. Um, but we obviously can't pr- talk about those games because we don't know who anybody will play. Uh, before that, in week eight, the Gophers have a have a massive test against perennial national title contender Nebraska. And I guess my my question for everybody is, how afraid should we be that Minnesota will simply be overpowered by the sheer willpower of Scott Frost wanting to play football?
1: Yeah, you know, willpower, it's, yeah, that's what decides games at the end. day. forget talent, forget coaching, um, forget hoodies, you know, what you wear during pregame. It's all about that willpower. And, you know, as we've been told, no team wanted to play this season more than Nebraska. And, you know... Will that power them to a great season? Um, You know, I'm not confident that it will. I can't say I share the delusions of uh, that fan base. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the season unfolds for that fan base and for Scott Frost. But, I mean, on the positive side, today they did announce that all teams are immediately bowl eligible regardless of their win total. So, right away, they've got to be pretty psyched about that.
0: I mean, Scott Frost finally going to a bowl game. Who to thunk it, man?
2: Twenty twenty.
3: Look at that Nietzschean Ubermensch. will <laughs>
2: Well, let's see. And this, and this is the game that I would have, you know, in a in if we're just looking at, at games, would have put high on the schedule for not playing due to his, as Street has so nicely explained earlier, various states COVID responses. Uh, I think this game will go off though, just with the fact that it's not slated till December twelfth. So most likely. Um, with all the other fans and all the other students who have headed home Thanksgiving weekend, not being around. I think if Nebraska is going to have COVID issues, they're going to have it earlier in the season and they might be clear by, by week eight. Um, but 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 then again, taking
1: into account their willpower to overcome those COVID issues.
2: Well, I mean, they, they did test, get ready to test that willpower by basically announcing they are going to cram 10,000 people in their basketball arena to watch their first big game against Ohio State. And it took 24 hours before they realized how horrible of an idea that was and decided to not do that. Um, But I I think there will be ample opportunity for Nebraska fans to pull off something other super stupid that may end up having detrimental effects to the uh, Nebraska football program between now and December. So only time will tell.
0: As long as they do it without wearing hoodies, they'll be fine. Scott Frost won't yell at them. Whatever it is. All right, friends. This is just a weird season. Um, I remain excited, but only because the alternative is to be confused and annoyed, and I've decided to let that go for a little bit. I'll return to befuddlement as soon as the games start getting canceled, which feels like an inevitability. But in the meantime, let's just keep our uh, slightly optimistic eyes looking forward to Michigan um, on Saturday the 24th. Uh, A reminder, we are talking about games getting canceled in states that have bad COVID because people aren't wearing masks, they aren't staying away from each other, and they aren't, you know, staying home when they don't feel well. So... Wear your masks. Wash your hands. Stay away from each other. Just do things the smart way, and maybe Minnesota gets eight games in. Maybe. On that note, go Gophers. Skyuma Row the boat.